want y'all to turn to me the chap, uh, chapter Daniel, book of Daniel, I'm sorry, uh, fourth chapter. All right. Now I'm using the new uh, King James Version, so it's, if you're using the old version, it's going to be kind of similar a little bit, so it's not that far off. When you're all there, say, yep. Nope, not yet. Huh? <laughs> not yet. Chapter 4. Huh? Chapter 4, Daniel. Yep. All right. We're going to talk about something really important today. And of course, you know, none of us, you know, have that problem, you know, I don't know why I, I preach or teach on this, you know, uh, about pride, you know, of course, none of y'all have that problem, you know, you know, stubbornness and pride, you know, we don't have that, you know, we're all holy and sanctimonious people, we got it all together, so I might be wasting my time, but anyway, <laughs> said, yeah, sure, <laughs> uh, four, Daniel chapter four. Now, we're going to talk about a man today that some of y'all, if y'all were raised in Sunday school or y'all went to church pretty often, you know, we're going to talk about a king today who actually, he had a pride problem, and God was trying to bring him humble. And his name was old Nebuchadnezzar, or Nebuchadnezzar, or never, Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar... He was one of those individuals that God actually used. You know, the Bible says God actually uses the kings, you know, to fulfill his plan and to fulfill his, uh, his destiny. You know, God actually used Nebuchadnezzar actually to judge Judah. You know, he was actually the instrument or the person God would actually use to bring Judah down. Because Judah and their idolatry and their sin, mostly with the sin of uh, Manasseh, because his sin was so great, he was actually the, one of the worst kings of Judah. Because of the sins he committed, you know, God was like, well, I'm going to destroy Judah and start from the ground up. So God actually used Nebuchadnezzar for his advantage, you know. And another thing, too, about him is that he was a great king. I mean, if you, know, if you, ever, his, if you ever take the time to watch the history or documentaries on the Babylonian Empire. I mean, this man had a great mind, him and the Babylonians. If you look at the Ishtar Gate, how beautiful that was, and, and how great he built the city, and, and how, you know, I was watching some things this morning, and that's a whole nother, you know, study. This on history on that, how beautiful the Babylonian Empire was, and how great it was. But Nebuchadnezzar was the man who actually brought it to its golden years. He was the one who actually brought Babylon to his greatest height. You know, his, his father, Nebuchadnezzar, that was his name of his father, matter of fact, he kind of started the ball rolling, but Nebuchadnezzar was the one who really brought it to the next level. He brought the empire to its powerful, you know, he brought it up there to his greatest height. It was called the golden age of Babylon when Nebuchadnezzar ruled. But Nebuchadnezzar, with all his might, and with all his wisdom, he had, he, had a, he had a big issue. He had a pride issue. And he, what he did was he glorified himself or he would glorify other false gods. Of course, God don't care for that too much when you glorify yourself and not him. And you glorify other things, 
other than him as well. You're giving the credit to yourself. You're giving credit to other things instead of God. So God wasn't too happy with Nebuchadnezzar glorifying himself mostly. That's what most people do anyway. And also glorifying false gods. See, the city of Babylon had that, that same spirit as Nebuchadnezzar. They would glorify themselves. They would brag upon themselves how they were the greatest city at, in that known time in the Middle East. They had the greatest city in the world. They were actually the greatest civilization in the Middle East. They brought nations down. They brought kingdoms down. They brought the mighty Assyrian, excuse me, they brought the mighty Assyrian Empire down. I mean, they really, they were the, the superpower, I guess, of their day in the Middle East. So they thought they were invincible. They had a great, great pride about themselves. They bragged how they were the strongest. They were the most educational people. You know, kind of like the Romans did, kind of. You know, everybody else was barbarians. They were the top, you know, they were the great uh, human gene, I guess you can say. They, they reached their, they were, the, they, they were smart and stuff like that. But anyway, God had to deal with Nebuchadnezzar. And God, and God had to deal with him in a certain way. Now, for example, I mean, if you ask... You know, Satan, was, you know, in Acts, the Tower of Babel, that was their greatest fall, was pride. And so Nebuchadnezzar, that's what God had to deal with him on that issue, was pride. And, um, and like we said earlier, God doesn't care for human beings and their pride. And it got to the point where it just reached to God and he couldn't take it no more. So he had to teach old Nebuchadnezzar a lesson. But one of the things God did, it was pretty amazing how God did it. And God in his mercy and his love, if you read the scriptures, God was actually trying to reach the Nebuchadnezzar. He was trying to get Nebuchadnezzar's attention. You know, how they say that in the French when you're hard-headed? Tedu? <laughs> well, he was Tedu. He was a hard, he was one of those individuals. He was a hard, hard person. He was stuck on his pride. He was stuck. I mean, God, he was really hard. It was kind of like Apostle Paul. If you read Apostle Paul, when, uh, when he was on the road to Damascus, and Jesus, when Jesus appeared to him, he says, why are you kicking yourself against the brick? In other words, back in those days, it was kind of like a little rod with a point. The animal was stubborn. You had to stick that animal in his leg to kind of push him along. And the animal would be stubborn. So that's what kind of happened with Nebuchadnezzar too. Nebuchadnezzar, God had to prick him. God had to, he was so stubborn. And God had to really use really, really hard measures. You know, he had to get him really, really low. For Nebuchadnezzar to understand that God was in control and he wasn't, you know, he was in control. Because you remember if you read Daniel, he actually made a statue to himself. He really thought he was part of deity. So back then that was no strange thing because kings, a lot of times, they would make themselves deity. So God had to humble Nebuchadnezzar as we're going to read later on, you know. And then Nebuchadnezzar, when he had these dreams and visions... You know, him and his people around him, they were soothsayers, they were musicians or whatever. You know, they, they, they couldn't interpret, you know, the dreams that God would give Nebuchadnezzar because they were spiritually blind. They didn't, all they knew was witchcraft. All they knew was demons, like Apostle Paul said. You know, they would worship uh, these gods, these Greeks and Romans. They were demons, you know. So all they knew was demon powers, you know. That's all they knew. They didn't know the God of the Bible until... Daniel and his three companions, they kind of knew a little bit about him, or they put him in the collection with the other gods, but until then, they didn't really know much of the God of Israel. So they were in their darkness, they were, you know, they were spiritually blind, 
So that's why they could not answer the king's dreams. Nebuchadnezzar, he had a couple of them. The first dream he actually had, he, he, him and his empire had something to do with it, but it was a statue. I don't know if you ever know about the Babylonian statue when God showed Nebuchadnezzar the kingdoms, and that's a whole other story in itself. That's a whole that's a whole teaching on itself about, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's statue, how each empire, each statue symbolized each empire and the history. And it's amazing if you study it, it went right, when God showed him that, it went right to, to the time, time limit. Every single one of them, Rome, Greece, all of them, they all hit the same timeline. It was amazing how God predicted everything to Daniel, and he was right on target. So, but... The first dream he had, and of course we're not dealing on that today, but the first dream he had was about the future, about the world empires. But the one we're going to talk about today was actually, he didn't know it at first until Daniel explained it to him through the Holy Spirit, that he was actually focusing on him, on the story. Because God was fed up with his pride. You know, he was glorifying himself. I'm this great warrior. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. It was all by my willpower. You know, kind of like a lot of people do today. You know, same spirit. You know, you know, I don't need God. You know, there's no God up there. I, everything I do, I made it myself. I worked hard. I made it myself. I made me what I am today because of me. You know, so Nebuchadnezzar was like, you know, it's all my intellect. It's all my wisdom. And, you know, and it's all me that got me all this. And, and then God's about to show old Nebuchadnezzar that you wouldn't be here without me. See, Nebuchadnezzar thought, I conquered it. I did everything. But God's about to show him that, no, I brought you to this place. I brought you where you are. You didn't bring yourself or your fathers or, you know, them and your wisdom. You know, I brought you up here. I put you on the throne. And then he's about to show Nebuchadnezzar, I put you on, but I could take you out. It's kind of like I heard a dad say one time to his son. He said, I brought you into this world, son, but I could take you out. <laughs> so that's what God's about to show Nebuchadnezzar. I put you on here, son. But I could take you, as fast as you got up here, I could take you fast as out. So we're about to read that this morning. So we're going to read the first verse. And now, right here, Nebuchadnezzar is writing the story right here. He's telling his story, so pretty much right here. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar king to all the peoples, nations, language that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I thought it was good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. Verse 3. Thou art great. Okay. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. I never was set, was rest in my house, flourishing in my palace. And I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts of my bed and the visions of my bed troubled me. Therefore, I used to declare to bring all the wise men, issue a declare to bring all the wise men, like his fortune tellers and all that stuff, of Babylon before me, that they may know to me the interpretation of the dream. Verse 7, the, magi the magicians, the astronomers, the Chaldeans and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came unto me, the name is Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, and him with the spirit of the holy God, I told him the dream before him, saying, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, 
Behold, I know the spirit of the living, the holy God is, is within you. So that he secretly, this secret troubles you completely to me, the vision of my dream. Then I have seen an interpretation. Now we're here. Whenever Nebuchadnezzar says, you have the spirit of the God. Well, in King James Version, it would have been put as God, plural. But him being a pagan, he would have said the spirit of the gods live within you. So I don't know if that was a mistranslation or something what happened right there. But being as a pagan, he just saw like uh, Daniel's God as the other collections. You know, it's kind of like when the Romans and the Persians, when they invaded other countries, they had their gods, but they also bought other gods. They adopted other gods from other countries or other cultures. It's like, oh, you, your God is a fertility God or a God of the weather. We could put it with our collection, you know. So Nebuchadnezzar, when he saw Daniel, he pretty much saw like, hey, I could put my God with my Babylonian gods, you know. So that's what most people believe when he's talking like that. That's why he's saying this. But he does recognize that God, he does recognize though Daniel's God is powerful. Even he's not above the gods in his mind, but still he considers Daniel's God still a powerful God, if that makes any sense. You have to think how these people think. You know, they didn't think like us Europeans or us Americans think. They thought of a certain way. So you have to understand what they were thinking, you know, in their time and, 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 and what they were thinking at their time in the situation. Verse 10, these are the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking and behold a tree in the midst of the earth. And its height was great. Now, when God spoke to Dan, when God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar, when he used many dreams, he would use as we call it uh, symbols or allegories or symbols. I didn't see alligator. I said, uh, you know, <laughs> allegory. Okay, so I didn't see alligator. I said allegory. It's close. But, but anyway, God would show like, you know, dreams to him, like in stories, or he would use symbols, you know, and right here in the story, as we're going to read, of course, Nebuchadnezzar didn't know that at the time, but Daniel is going to about to explain to him that all these things, symbols, and all these things pointed to him or surrounded him. Uh, verse 11, the tree grew and became strong in its height and reached to the heavens, and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. So it's actually talking about two things right here. It's talking about Nebuchadnezzar himself and the kingdom. You know, because as we're going to relate on, Daniel's going to say, your kingdom has reached to the heights of glory. Your kingdom has reached to the pinnacles of society and how it was great and mighty. So God has shown him in this, this tree, he's shown him two people, Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom, the Babylonian kingdom. Its leaves were lovely, its fruits were abundant, and it, in it was the food for all the beasts of the field, from, shadow unto, uh, from his uh, shadow unto it. The birds of the heavens dwell in his branches, and all the, flesh, all the flesh was feed from it. So in other words, these were talking about kingdoms. These are talking about the, con the nations that he conquered, Syria, uh, 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 all the countries he conquered. All these nations were brought 
and he and and because of and then they were fed well. They were bringing prosperity when they came part of the uh, Babylonian Empire. So th this is what it's talking about right here. It's talking about kingdoms and nations and and groups of people, you know, from different backgrounds of life who were came into the Babylonian Empire and they they flourished. They did they traded with the Babylonians. They flourished, you know. So God's so God's letting Nebuchadnezzar know in his dream that you know your kingdom made other kingdoms prosper. Matter of fact, in the book of Revelations, it says that uh, when some people believe when the Babylon is going to be rebuilt, that the nations of the earth are going to weep because when she's going to be destroyed, because all of them got rich to her merchandise. And the merchants of the earth cry when Babylon was destroyed in the book of Revelations. So it's kind of fitting a little bit right here that God was like, no, like, other nations prosper because of him. Uh, verse 13, I saw in the vision of my head while on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, come down from heaven, and he cried aloud, saying thus, Chop down the tree, cut off its branches, strip off of its leaves, and scatter its fruits, and let the beasts uh, get out from under it, and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, lead the stump and the roots in in the earth. So in other words, what God was doing right here, God was letting Nebuchadnezzar know, your kingdom won't be completely destroyed, because God was letting him know, I'm cutting some of it down, but I'm keeping some of the roof. I'm keeping some part of the tree, because I'm not done with you and your kingdom yet. I'm disciplining you, but I'm not done with the kingdom yet. That's what pretty much what God's going to tell it. God's going to explain to him through Daniel. 15, nevertheless, leave the stump, the roots in the earth. Bound with a bronze of iron and a bronze in its tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the grass of the earth. And let his heart be changed from that of, an, uh, from, of a man and let him be given the heart of a beast. And let, him have, let, him, uh, let seven years pass over him. This decision was decreed of the watchers. Since by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and give it to whoever he wills and set it in the lowest of men. Now, I'm going to read this right here in verse 7 when it says his dominion. We're going to reach in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and he gives it to whoever he wills and sets it in the lowest of men. And we're going to stop at verse 18 right there. So what God is letting Nebuchadnezzar know right there is that, like I said earlier, you think you got here because of you, Nebuchadnezzar. You know, you think that I had nothing to do with you being on the throne. You thought I did it. You know, my intellect, my smartness, you know, I got me here. You know, and God's letting him know, I put you here. Before you even born, I set you up to be king. So you're not here by accident. You know, you're not here by your own will. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine providence of God. God was letting him know, I put you here. I work behind the scenes to put you on the throne so you can be a vessel unto me. But, of course, Nebuchadnezzar thinking, you know, God's letting me know here, I put you on here. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't think so at the time. Verse 18, uh, this dream I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now, now you, Belshazzar, declare interpretation since all the wise men of all my kingdom was not able to make known to me the interpretations, but you are able from the spirit of the holy God is within you. Now, I want to say something about these magicians and all this stuff. See, a lot of people don't realize most of the time, 
I'm not saying every case, because in this case, they weren't accurate. Most of the time, they were accurate, because the demonic spirits would help these magicians. They would do their enchantments, or they would do their stuff. So demonic forces, you know, and Satan will give them some of the things they needed. See, Satan will do that. People don't realize, you know, Satan will give you what you want to see. Sometimes he'll give you a vision of the Holy Mary or he'll give you something of the Buddha. You know, everybody saw the Buddha somewhere. Or Satan will give you something, you know, to stay in your religion. He'll do something to like give you, Satan will give you evidence to believe in something. And so a lot of these magicians, a lot of times they were accurate. Think about it. If they were, they were not accurate 90% of the time, they would die. Because you read next time when we go through our Bible study or when I we ever get to around it, Nebuchadnezzar came close of killing them because at one time they were wrong. And then if you read in the book of Joseph, remember when the magicians, Pharaoh saying, I had a dream and, and you know, the, the cattle was eating the bad, the good cattle and so on and so on. The magicians at that time, they didn't get it. But for them to be there, to be still living, they had to have some accuracy because the king was not going to keep them on, on the government payroll if they were wrong on every darn time, you know, every time. I mean, what's the use of keeping you off if you're wrong all the time? But especially, but with Daniel's case and with Joseph's case, God's allowed the demonic spirits to stay back. Because God's like, okay, guys, this is my day. This is me and my boys. They, you know, they're going to give the interpretation. So demonic spirits, y'all stay back today. This is my show today. So that's very, you don't think about that when you study these things, but that's how powerful it was because the kings were not going to, I mean, their heads were going to roll if 100% of the time they were wrong. So think about that next time when you read, you know, these uh, verses. Uh, 19, then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was aston uh, astonished for a time and thought troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belshazzar, do let, let the dream or his interpretation trouble you. Belshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretations concerning your enemies. Uh, verse 20, the tree that you saw which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens, which has been seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruits abundance, in which the food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and whose branches the birds of heaven had their home. It is you, O king, who gave growth and became strong for your greatness is grown and reached to the heavens and your dominion to the ends of the earth. 23. Okay. And as much as the king saw in a watcher, a holy one came down from heaven saying, chop down the tree, destroy it, but leave its stump and its roots in the earth, bound with a brown of iron and braised in the thunder grass of the, of the field. And let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts of the field until seven days pass over him. Thus it was interpretation, O king, this is the decree of the Most High, which has, give, uh, has came unto my Lord the king. They will drive you from men, and your dwelling will be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make, uh, you shall make you eat grass like ox, and they shall wet you with the dew of heaven." Seven days shall pass over you until you know that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whoever he chooses. 26. As much as he gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you. 
uh, after you came to know that heaven rules, therefore, O king, let my advice be accepted to you. Break off your sins by righteousness, being righteous, and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. And providence, therefore, be made into tenders of your prosperity. In other words, what he was saying was, if you obey God and you follow God's rules, God will bless you. Instead of blessing yourself, God will bless your kingdom and make it prosperous. It's kind of like America today and kind of like any nation. You know, any nation that follows God and, and follows its rules, they will be blessed. You know, but Nebuchadnezzar being a king like he was, you know, he, he, he was a very strong king. So he probably did almost whatever he wanted. You know, back then a lot of those kings did, you know. You know, they can just snap their finger and they could have got probably whatever they wanted. Now, 28. All this came, came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12 month. He was walking about the royal of his palace of Babylon. Now, somehow, some people believe when Daniel told him these things, some people believe he was thinking about it. He, you know, most people believe he didn't ignore the message. It probably touched his heart. He probably was thinking about it. Maybe he was thinking, you know, you know, Daniel might be right. You know, maybe I'm being a little too cruel of a king. Maybe I'm not showing mercy like I should. You know, maybe he was kind of thinking about these things. But it's somehow human beings, we kind of forget easily. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, September 11. We, have, we had September 11 not too long ago. And I'm just amazed at how people are totally changed since when September 11 happened to now. It's like people forgot. People don't remember when that day happened. Or they just, it don't, you know, it don't register to them like the people at that time did. So people, they kind of forget easily. It's amazing how human, human beings are. We forget easily. Or we don't learn our lesson easily. So uh, verse 30. The king spoke saying, Is not this the great Babylon that I have built for my royal dwellings by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Uh-oh. Nah. He, he shot himself in the foot. <laughs> God was trying to hate Nebuchadnezzar. He was like, I'm warning you, man. Don't, don't do this stuff. But he, Nebuchadnezzar couldn't help himself. You know, you ever saw documentaries of Mussolini? I don't know if you're the dictator of Italy. You ever watch documentaries of him? Well, there's one documentary where he's full of pride. He's all, you know. <laughs> now, I could see Nebuchadnezzar like that. I could see him like sitting on his, you know, soaking that in, all that sponge, you know, just soaking all that pride in, you know. You know, like, oh, I got it all together. You know, uh, they see that palace over there. It was me and my intellect. I did that. It came out of this brain. I did it. Me, me, me. I figured that out. No one else did. I saw the medical cohesion of that, that temple over there. I did it. Me, me. He kind of sounded like, uh, you ever saw that cartoon, uh, Meet the Robinsons, when that little guy made a machine, he's like, I invented it. Me, me, me. You know. <laughs> Well, that's what old Nebuchadnezzar sound like. Me, 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 me. I did it. And then I, the Bible don't say this. Sometimes you can kind of speculate. I'm pretty sure God's looking down there. Man, when this guy's ever going to learn? I mean, I, I'm trying to give him warnings. And God's like, well, I'm going to have to strip him away of everything. Watch. While the words were still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you should be driven from men, and your dwellings shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like ox. 
Seven days shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whoever he chooses. It's just amazing. We're about to read in the story how his mind is totally goes crazy. It goes blank. It goes into an animal. It's amazing how this man, he, he was rich. I mean, he had everything at his, I mean, anything he could desire he had. He was in royalty. He, had, he was rich. He was powerful. Can you imagine that it had been stripped away? In one day, all those years that he built, all those years he conquered and all those things, God just took it away from this in a few minutes Strip of everything. I mean, as we're going to read, he's stripped of everything. He don't even have clothes hardly on him. He, just ha- he has barely have any clothes on him. I mean, from a man who had everything, it's kind of like a man who, a per- a per- people who's rich, they have homes and everything. Next thing you know, they go bankrupt and they lose everything in one day. You know, it's kind of like what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He lost everything. God took it to him as fast as he gained it. God took it away from him. Stripped him down to nothing, you know. So sometimes God has to get you pretty, pretty, pretty low to kind of get your attention. So God's like, well, he, he gave me no choice. I'm going to have to go hard on this guy. You know, so sometimes that's what God has to do with us. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was departed from men and ate grass like, like an ox, and his body was due the dew of heaven until his hair have grown like eagle's feathers, feathers, and his nails were like a bird's claw. Wow. He was as handsome, you know, good looking. He had the clothes. Now he's down to look like dirt. He's down. He, he was up there and he came down. You know, I was hearing a story like in the Great Depression back in the, in the, in the, the 20s. Man, I was hearing a story of this guy. He says, man, we had shofars. We had everything. We had millions of dollars. But when the stock market fell, we were poor. He said, as fast as we got the money, we lost it that day. So Nebuchadnezzar had kind of a... Uh, stop market experience. You know, he lost everything. And God had, yeah, and he came a mind of a cow. You know, it is said, some other materials I was reading for this, they claim that in the field where Nebuchadnezzar was, it was a royal field, they would call it. That means there was, there was animals like cows and all kind of animals, whatever, that was to be brought to the palace. Like if they had a feast or, or a celebration, they would actually take these cows and they would kill them. And they would feed them to the guests or to the parties, whatever. It was called a royal field. It was where Nebuchadnezzar's food and the, and the, the royal house had their food. The slaughterers would go and slaughter them. Boy, can you imagine, if that's true, can you imagine those poor cows was thinking? I mean, can you imagine, you know, those cows are just eating their grass, you know? They're just eating away, they're, just, they're, they're normal, they're doing their thing, and they see old Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he, he's eating grass, you know, stuffing his mouth out with all kind of dirt and grass, and, you know, he's taking one little grass, he, and he's like, you know, making sure he's taking up all the crumbs of the grass, I mean, and, he, and can you imagine those cows were thinking, man, can, can you imagine one of those cows are talking to his buddy, hey, uh, hey, Charlie, what's wrong, Bubba, who's the new cow in the pasture? He says, well, Bubba, uh, that's not a cow, Bubba. He says, not? Who he is? That's a man. He said, yeah, but what are you doing in here with us, eating grass with us? He said, you haven't heard? He said, no. He says, well, and he's looking back, you know. He says, why are you looking back? He says, humans think we're strange when we talk. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
Anyway, he says, uh, he says, whoa, how you heard about what happened to him? Well, I heard some humans on the other side of the fence. I heard a whole story. I heard the whole gossip. <laughs> and he said, yeah, yeah, what happened to this king? He said, oh, man, I tell you, there's a story bubble you never forget. I can believe it. Those humans are something. Those humans are crazy, bub. I'm glad we cows. Those, those people, they do some strange things, those humans. He said, well, you heard of well, how he turned like this. Well, I heard one of those humans was saying he was on top of his balcony of his palace, and he was all bragging to himself. He was saying how great he was, how he made everything great, and he was all it. You know, he built everything, and he said, I'm it. I built this thing. I did it, me, me, me. And now, and I heard that they said, the God of Daniel cursed him and made him like us. He thinks this like us and eats this like us. <laughs> and wow, but the cow bubble says, wow, wow, wow. You know something, Charlie? What? I don't want to end up like him. I'm going to listen to God. I don't want pride getting to me like that. I'm going to listen to God. <laughs> so he taps on the back. That's a good, good, good deal, Bubba. Good deal. Always obey God. You can never go wrong obeying God. <laughs> so... <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> 34, at the end of the time, I never Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes towards heaven, and, may, uh, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praise and honor him who live forever. For his dominion is everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. Now, you notice when we read, it said when he acknowledged the most high God. That's when God relieved him of his mind. You know, sometimes God is just waiting on us. You know, sometimes God's like, like, come on, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for an answer now. It's taking a little, you know, God's just waiting on us sometimes. So God was just waiting for Nebuchadnezzar to finally humble himself and realize and be humble about it and realize God was God and God's Dan, God, the Lord was Dan, over God's Dan. Daniel was the Lord's God. 35, all the habitations of the earth was required as nothing. He that does according to his will in the, the, the armies of heaven among the habitations of the earth, no one can resist his hand or say to him what you, what you have done. Boy, he learned that quick. He learned, I can't brag. God gave me all my gift that I did everything. Can you imagine those poor cows are thinking? And they were kind of like, you know, now he was normal. They were scared that he was normal. They were kind of backing up, you know, a little bit. And at the time, many, uh, many seasons, uh, many reasons returned return to me for the kingdom, of, the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my splendor returned to me, my considerates, my nobles returned to me, and I was res restored to my kingdom, and exalt majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt the honor of the king of heaven, all who works are true. His ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he will able to put down. Well, Nebuchadnezzar learned it. He learned a hard, hard lesson. Can you imagine when he came back in the court? Everybody was here, and he was nut. He was a fruitcake, you know, for a little while. And can you imagine they're all looking at him, you know, like, is he well? Is he fine? You know, they all be nosy. And you just like, get back in your place. And they're like... You know, <laughs> they, you know, and he's like, I'm not the man I used to be. The Nebuchadnezzar that you knew before, I changed. I'm different now. I learned now that God gave me my gift. 
You know, God gave me my wisdom. It's not me that done it. It was, it was him. He gave me my gift. You know, it's the same thing kind of like us. You know, every time God gives us a gift, you know, no matter if we sing, no matter if we teach or preach or whatever gift God gives you, you know, we have to realize we got to give God the glory for the gift. You know, he plant that in us. You know, he, you know, there's some things I see some people do I can't do. And there's some things I'm sure some of y'all, some things y'all can do, y'all can't do like somebody else. Because God has planted that into people to do certain things, a special gift. So God gave Nebuchadnezzar a great gift, and he wasn't glorifying God for his gift. He was glorifying himself with the gift. So you always should remember, most as Christians, you know, when you got a talent, you know, glorify for God and bring people to the kingdom of God, you know, you know not to yourself. So old Nebuchadnezzar had to learn he had to bring people to God and not to himself. Mm -hmm.